ever confused by the polarization in the culture today? In our journey through life, we may watch people swing from one side of an issue to the complete opposite. Maybe we've even done it ourselves. My hope is to create a space to ask tough questions, explore both sides, and maybe even rest in the middle. Welcome to The Pendulum. We're back here at the with the pendulum. I got my two regular guys again, Travis Roberts and Randy Williams. Uh, today, I'm gonna actually hand it over to Randy because he's got something on his heart that he wanted to discuss, and so we're just gonna have a conversation about it. So uh, we're just gonna go right into it. Yeah, right on. So um, to try and set up kind of the the pendulum swing or the question, I'll just kind of share where this came from. Um, having staff meeting at our church uh, last week or the week before. And basically the conversation kind of led into how everyone else on staff is walking through suffering of some sort, Uh, family brokenness, just a lot of different things. And, And a statement was made at one point, like, you know, we knew when we decided to follow Jesus or to step into ministry that the enemy was gonna hate it, right? And persecution was gonna come. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, my wife and I have been through a lot of craziness in the last 10 years, but we're kind of walking through a season right now of like blessing. Uh, financially, we're in a good spot for the first time ever. We're both working. Uh, we had multiple miscarriages a few years back and had some foster babies that we lost that we thought we were going to adopt. So we walked through all that. Now we're having a baby girl. Everything's healthy. She's due in the coming weeks. Like I'm sitting there listening to all of this and I start to question in my mind, am I really following Jesus because right now I'm experiencing no persecution. Uh, I don't feel like there's much of a cost, you know, as far as like looking at my life. And so I think the pendulum that I'm wrestling with is like growing up in chaos. I come from just a chaotic background, got a brother in prison, lots of addiction, lots of brokenness in my family. And so following Jesus, typically it's like I've been able to look at my life and say, okay, I can see cost here. I can see kind of the ramifications play out. Um, But I'm just looking at my life right now and I'm like, can I say I'm being faithful to Jesus if I'm not experiencing some kind of suffering or persecution? And I know I'm setting up kind of a, like I could give myself even answers to this, but it's just something I'm really wrestling with. So basically the pendulum is kind of like, I believe that God's design uh, is for our flourishing. And so when we follow what he says, life tends to go better, right? Right. But on the flip side of that, I'm going, but Luke 9, where Jesus says, if you want to follow me, take up your cross. It's going to cost you. Second Thessalonians, I believe, you know, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's not where that's at. Uh, but look it up. You can Google it. Uh, but, but anyways, that's kind of the pendulum that I'm wrestling with and looking at my own life. And I can see how I've kind of pushed myself back and forth. But that's kind of the question that I would pose. And, and Travis is here to give us all of the answers today. Uh, so, uh, but no, that's kind, of the, that's, that's kind of how I would start. This is awesome because I didn't prepare for this at all. We went in a totally different direction <laughs> than what I thought we were Perfect. Go. I didn't either. <laughs> this is great. No, what, what answers would you, you said you had some answers. What answers would you give yourself? Like, where, where would you say, because you don't just have the question, I'm assuming that you already have some conviction uh, or, or some of your own, like, here's where, here's where I'd land with that. So I'm just curious, what, where would you land on that? I mean, I would kind of land, if I were giving myself advice 
removing my emotions and my own thought. Like I, if I was looking at someone else told me, if someone else said to me what I just said, um, I would say life is long. Um, and so you're going to walk through seasons of abundance and seasons of lack and seasons of blessing, prosperity versus seasons of suffering. Um, I would go Philippians 4.13, which is kind of that out of context verse that people pull out, right? right. I can do all things. Paul literally says right before that, he's not saying I can Tim Tebow win the championship. No offense, Tim Tebow, right? But he, he's saying uh, I've learned to be content when I have a lot, when I have a little, when I'm uh, experiencing blessing, when I'm experiencing suffering, I've learned to be content and trust in that. I think it's just a personal thing for me where I go, yeah, I know that. But then I start to question, okay, why am I not like right now, it's not costing me anything, I think is what I wrestle with. And I think even back to like the David thing where like, I know that's the right answer, but at the same time, am I being unfaithful in some area? Like, I don't feel like my sacrifice is costing me much. Um, my worship, you know, that, that David idea. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm wrestling. Like I know the, I know the general answer. I just, so do you, do you feel more guilt or more enjoyment in this season? Until that staff meeting, I was I was enjoying it, you okay, know, yeah. uh, I, honestly. But but because of growing up where I grew up, and I know I didn't share a ton of this, but uh, like I said, my brother uh, in prison currently, just kind of give you an idea. I've got brothers who are addicts, uh, just a lot of brokenness in my family. Whenever things are going well, I also just generally start to get a little nervous. Like, all right, what's coming next? This is this is great. What's going to happen? You know, what is the next painful, horrible thing that I'm going to walk through? And and so it's almost like I have a I have a hard time. You know, I was enjoying it, but then all of a sudden it's like, but hold on, should I be enjoying this? Should I be on edge? Uh, yeah. So maybe it's guilt, I guess, because I was enjoying it. You know, I I don't know. I'm just being real. This is <laughs> I'm just opening up. So yeah. No, I I, I think there's um, definitely. Much of our, I, I feel like a lot of messages, books, uh, you know, Christian content gets put out. Um, some, there's some passages that are taught more than others. Um, popular ones, you know, take up your cross and follow me, you know, deny yourself. Um, those, those kind of verses are, are, are taught over and over. Uh, and, and there's other passages that people hardly hear from in a sermon, right? Like there's not a ton of churches that are walking through Leviticus right now because they're focusing in on one of the gospels or one of the letters because it feels closer to our culture and what, you know, what, what speaks to our hearts, that kind of thing. Um, so I think like Philippians four is the perfect place because Paul says like, I've, I've had plenty and I've had very little and I've learned to be content in both. And so I think there's a process. So because you're experiencing blessing doesn't mean that you're not in the middle of a lesson. You know what I'm saying? So we, we kind of assume, well, when God takes a lot away from you and you have very little and you're going through suffering and hard times, that's when God's teaching you because, well, the lessons are every day and you have to learn to, you know, just be satisfied with the little grain of rice that you have <laughs> or, or the, you know, the bad relational situations. And then we look at the blessing as though that's like a reward instead of a lesson. Like, and so I think God obviously taught Paul because he says, I, I've learned that when I had much and I was rich and everything was good to be content in who I was in Christ. And so that's, that, that to me makes me think like 
experiencing a, a, a season of life where things are going well. And you guys, financially, things are going well. Relationally, things are going well. Um, with your family, uh, things are going well. That That's another, how do I make sure that even in that, my, my contentment is in Christ, not in the stuff that Christ provides, but that I I can enjoy those things, find contentment in who I am. And and I think the, the link to that, too, is contentment is, is you know, real close, like kissing cousins with uh, with gratitude. Um, and so it's easier, I think, to be grateful in the midst of blessing, but there's a temptation to be grateful for the wrong side of the, the coin, right? It's like grateful for the stuff and not the Savior when, when you're in a life of blessing versus you're like, well, when I'm poor, things are hard. The only thing I have is to be grateful for Christ. Um, and, and Proverbs 30 speaks to... Um, Proverbs 30 says, I don't want to have much because if I have much, I'll start to wonder if I even need God. And I don't want to be broke poor because when I'm broke poor, I start to hate God. Oh, that. You know, like, like curse God. Like, why would you put me in this awful situation? And so there's, there's that, the the pendulum right there. I think it's uh, eight and nine uh, versus eight and nine that just, that just speak to when I have a lot, I quickly go to. I'm pretty self-sufficient, and I don't need God. Um, and then when I'm when I'm poor, uh, I hate that God has put me in this place. And so He's like, "Just give me what I need. Let me be grateful with what I have, um, and make me content." So I think that's that's probably what lesson can we learn in the, both the blessing life and in the um, less life. I think even in, I think it's in Psalms. Uh, Psalmist writes, uh, "Lord, give me what I need to get day by day, not." too much that I may boast in my riches and not too little that I may be tempted to steal. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of idea. Yeah. And I, I think honestly, as I'm processing this, um, out loud, just thinking how much kind of religion can creep in so quickly of I'm trying to measure, you know, I'm looking at my life and going, am I really being faithful because I'm not suffering those who are suffering? They really have a deep relationship with God and Jesus loves them more. And I wouldn't say that out loud, but I think that's that spirit of religion, like that temptation to to look and be able to measure uh, where we're at with the Lord based on, you know, and because I, I, I can even confess that because of my upbringing and just because of the suffering, like Satan and I have walked through in, in recent years, it's easy to look at others and look at, see their life just looks good. And you're like, man, those people, see, they don't even know what it means to follow Jesus because they're not experiencing any cost, any pain, any suffering. And just how, again, that's like a religious, I'm trying to measure all of that out. So I think that's, that's part of it too. Um, but yeah, as we talk through this, so Travis, to lead into what you prepared a little bit more for, <laughs> I did think, like in my mind, so my question's kind of answered, and, and I, I know it, it's just something I'm dealing with. Uh, it's new for me, to be honest with you. Like I cannot look back at my life and see where things have just gone so well for such a long period of time. And I say long period of time, it's like, it's like six months, but that's a long time, you know, where we're, we're just going, man, stuff's just going well. I think it's just something I'm, I'm working through and trying to deal with. And, um, but to continue on in the, the pendulum, uh, I think it's a good setup for kind of the prosperity gospel versus the poverty gospel. Um, because you have seen some of that, uh, you know, you got guys, and I don't usually name drop, but everybody knows, you know, the, the Joel Osteens of the world who it's prosperity gospel. God does want you to flourish. He wants you to be the best you you can be, you know, uh, versus the poverty gospel, which is like, well, if you're not, 
if you're not poor, like what I was just describing, I think is where I would tend to, to lean. Is like, if you're not suffering, are you really following Jesus? And so um, kind of that, that question, I think, is maybe what you more thought we were leaning towards. <laughs> hey, it was good. I mean, the way you started it was good. I, yep. It's yeah, I'd, great content either way. So. I'm just selfishly using podcast time to get counseling. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it, on, on, on both levels, um, I think we, we do religiously focus on circumstances as evidence of faith rather than faith as the evidence of faith, right? And um, so I think everybody is in different modes of life in which your circumstances may change in life, you know, frequently. You know, you may experience circumstances or seasons where you have a lot and and, and some circumstances where you have very little. So I, I think it's the, the reminder that I see in, you know, book after book, letter after letter in Scripture is, Circumstances may change, but the focus is what is constant. So Jesus says, seek first uh, his kingdom, his righteousness. Um, You see Paul reiterating over and over when he's talking to Timothy, when he's talking to the churches, he's saying, um, be content, which is, I think, another way of just saying, be focused on who you are in Christ. Be satisfied with that. Be grateful for that. And then let the circumstances happen, enjoy them, praise God for them, whichever circumstance you find yourself in, right? And so um, uh, that's, that's what I think is like a good balance in that. I don't think the Bible is saying, and I, and I, I don't think it's accurate. The, the, the issue with the prosperity gospel is it says that God's favor is one way, that it's going to be riches. It's going to be more favor with people, more money. And I think there's plenty of evidence that sometimes God's favor is is persecution, is suffering, and and that's that can be a hard thing to kind of swallow. It's not like, hey, once you follow God, everything goes well. That's that's not what I think we see. Sometimes your zealousness for the gospel leads you to really huge places of suffering. Um and 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 vice versa. So I I I I wrestle with that, struggle with that. What I think the the Bible speaks to more than anything is not like rich or poor, but I think there is a call. Like this would be a conviction of mine. I think the Bible calls us to live more simply, not like more poor or more rich. I think the Bible wants us to have simplified lives in which we're focused on the thing, the gospel, and that, ev- that the inworking of the gospel permeates everything in our lives. We, we find our contentment, our joy, our peace, our satisfaction in Christ alone. And then with our circumstances, it affects everything. It affects our making of money, the way that we make the money, the way that we spend the money, manage the money, give the money. Um, it, it, uh, dictates where we're called to and how we work and when we work, where we work, all that kind of stuff, where we put family, all those kinds of things. And so that for me is the conviction that I have that I don't think we can get away from over and over and over in scripture. It's, it's don't be a lover of money. Like, like that's a trap and it's going to lead you away. And so there's a part of, there's, there's a part of money 
that I think we have to always approach with beyond guard because this is very powerful and useful and it can be a great resource for the kingdom, but it is also very dangerous, right? Because over and over, for the love of money is a root of all kind of evil. Um, and and we, we and, I, and, I, and I get, we don't want to like say that being rich is bad and that's, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with that. It's not, there's nothing wrong with being rich or being wealthy or being blessed. But I do think that we can't ignore from Christ's words, uh, the psalmist words, uh, Proverbs, into the letters that we're called to a simple life. I think Christians are called to a more simple life, simple with our stuff, simple with like what we're attached to, making sure we know that we're making eternal investments, not temporary ones, that everything we purchase with a, you know, a dollar sign on it, well, I'm, He's, he's having he's having a Holy Spirit response. <laughs> Woo! I've been healing um, my coffee. <laughs> so I too bad. <laughs> so I, I I just think they're like to to ignore those those passages that are not just in one area, but they they span several books and they they're talked about pretty explicitly. Um, you know, you you've got. Um, first Timothy that it's like Paul sets the standard he says hey you've got food and clothing and that's what you need be content with that Um, don't get lost in the trappings and all all of the things and and the stuff that life can bring you live simply don't be attached to many things don't let your heart be attached your mind be attached and that's the danger of money right like that there, it always leads us to a desire or temptation to be attached to the thing and not to, and not to Christ and, and uh, his life for us. And I've got, I've got a thought. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, but, you know, like topics that we've been talking about have been more of a uh, crowd or con- congregation or church or like focused topic. Whereas money, would it be more of like, the way we're talking about this, it'd be more on like a personal level. Like the way God is dealing with me is different than what he's do- doing with you on a money level. So like, I Amen can- Amen to that. <laughs> Real but, estate uh, agent over here. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, like, and not just money, but like blessings of life. That's so, an inside joke. That's an inside joke. Ryan is a real estate agent. <laughs> there we go. There's my <laughs> profession. Um, that's probably why I have the freedom to come. Dollar dollar bills. <laughs> that's the only people who have time for podcasts. Is pastors and real estate agents. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right, you had it. You Anyways, um, but on like a blessings versus suffering level. Uh, like I can think of an example of someone that might be dealing with anxiety. The process of it might have taken a really long time and worked through a long, long, long process, whereas someone else that we know was dealing with anxiety and God healed her. And like all of a sudden she's not struggling with anxiety and now she's flourishing. Like it's really hard to, com- to not compare, but in that moment, that's just God's way of dealing with you personally and molding you and sanctifying you to be closer to him. And so would this topic be more in that realm of like, you know, blessings versus poverty? Because we can hear pastors and, and like 
Joel Osteen will drop that name. He's kind of just blanking it over everybody that says that, you know, if you believe in Jesus, that you'll flourish, you'll have money, you'll have all this stuff. But is it more of a personal issue? Yeah, I mean, I, I think even thinking through like Ecclesiastes or Solomon's writing, you know, and throughout the Psalms, you see this. Why do the wicked prosper? Right? And, but then in Ecclesiastes, he kind of says, you'll see someone who is wicked, who has lots of money, and someone who's uh, faithful, who's poor. But then you flip the script, you might see the exact opposite. Like at the end of the day, you know, he goes through this whole thing. It's all meaningless. It's all meaningless. Everything's meaningless except at the very end, fear the Lord and obey his commands. You know, there. I think it is a personal thing because I've even, you talk about God doesn't waste anything in our lives. He's trying to teach us something. Um, I, I've thought about that lately of just like, all right, so Lord, just one example. I could be way off on this, but I personally, it's a personal revelation. We talked about that last week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I just feel like, so we're having a girl now. And I look back when I was 19 is when I got married or had our first son at 20. Uh, I was a lot less patient. I had a temper issue that God was working me through and uh, just a lot of different things that he was doing in my character. And so for 10 years of us being married, I wanted a girl. But I look back and I think, I don't, there's no way that God would have given me a girl in his wisdom because I think he knew I needed to have some work done on my heart. And I could be way off. I could just be making this, you know, hyper-spiritualizing. But I really do believe that at this point in my life, I go, yeah, I think I could handle uh, just cherishing a little girl better and, and loving her well and being more patient and, and speaking to her differently because, man, like my words, just the way that they'd fly out of my mouth. Not that I should do that to little boys either, you know, and I've grown in that. And Noah, God, God's grace has been good with our oldest son. He is such a great kid. But I just wonder how much damage I could have done to a little girl's heart. So just saying that is kind of an example of like, maybe that's why the Lord, you know, as far as in my life, money-wise, you know, bringing this up, we never had much. Like, I just never have in my entire life. In fact, right now, uh, this full confession for everybody who's listening, this is weird, but my wife and I make more money than my parents ever did. And I was like, they hit me the other day and I was going, this is not right. Like, what's going on here? This is weird uh, so I was, and I started thinking, okay, Lord, what, what are you doing with this? Because I know in poverty, you're, it's simpler for me to grasp. I see what you're teaching me. I see that you're, you're driving me into a dependence on you and having deeper faith and trusting you to provide, especially preparing me to get into ministry because it's a day-to-day just trusting that God's going to provide and being faithful through his people and through different things. But now I'm like, all right, now on the flip side of that, and we're not rich by any means, but by my estimation, we're very rich, and especially if you look at it globally you live in America, you're rich. Uh, but I'm just like, all right, so what, what is the Lord teaching me in this? Because I'm not someone, like money to me, my wife will tell you. I can take it or leave it. I give it away very too easily probably. My wife's like, hey, we got bills to pay. You know, I'm just kind of uh, the way I view money. But I'm just trying to figure out, like, what is the Lord doing here? And I can be tempted then to think, and this is just full confession, well, now maybe it's like God's blessing me for my faithfulness. And then I immediately go, Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, is that the right way to view this? Is it even okay? So this is a kind of, kind of a question I'm posing. I feel weird about arguing kind of from the more prosperity side right now, but just posing a thought, like, is it beyond the Lord to, to bless us financially, like with baby girl and all those things for our faithfulness? 
could that just be a blessing from God that I could say, wow, thank you, Lord. We've walked through this suffering. You're being faithful here. Or is that even a wrong mentality? So no, just, I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I don't I, like Joel Osteen, by the way. I just want to <laughs> just pose that here right now. <laughs> That's not an inside joke. It's very Joel Osteen-esque that you'd say this. <laughs> um, and I know you've been reading a couple of his books. I'm, I just, did, I'm just playing. I'm I just did playing. pull up 30 quotes from one of his books that I want to read, but it's, I don't even want to say them out loud. I, I, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think you you could find biblical evidence of hey God God rewards faithfulness and sometimes He does it immediately and sometimes it's in the long range right it doesn't change what our focus is in the in the in the middle of it um, but I think what's scary sometimes is when we start to blanket that over everything like as long as you'll be faithful so we take that and we're like man I, it's good for you guys to enjoy God's blessing and 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 attribute it with with faithfulness right that's that's a good thing but then to come back and say um if you want to have if you want to experience the blessing of god here's what you need to do and 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 if you do this you'll be blessed and he's going to give you what you want he's gonna that's that's the part where i think we get a little bit off track like biblically where we just take it and generalize it and just say here's the recipe for how to live a blessed life and and because again, I think the focus is seek first his kingdom, and then he'll add to you what he adds to you. And you'll be the goal is that we would we would be grateful as we're seeking his kingdom, whatever he provides us. Because again, the bar is set pretty low. It's like be content with food and clothing. Yeah. Like if we can be content with that, if that's like Paul's measure, then every single person listening to this uh, in in a church probably can wake up and say, I've got something to be grateful for. Um, and, and, and nothing will kill contentment more than, than waking up and saying, you've got nothing. You know, I got, God doesn't provide anything for me. Well, according to Paul, if you ate and, you've got, and you're wearing something, not naked. you are blessed, you know, and you, and you have something to be content and grateful for. And so I, I, I think it's, it's making sure that that, again, it's like the focus, and I think over and over in Scripture, the drive home is, don't let stuff define you. Um, don't get so tied into what you have that you miss who you are. And uh, and I and I, I I've got you know people in my life who are ex- like very wealthy, but they're not tied into their stuff. Like they they have learned this lesson through being blessed. Through some of them are just phenomenal at making money. Some of them are phenomenal at managing money, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, and the fruit of their life shows um, because they're seeking first his kingdom, his righteousness, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, and, and, then it, and then you could go into how do we steward money? How do we manage it? Uh, what are we doing with it to make sure it's falling in line with prioritizing his kingdom ab- above all else? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying that. It's just making it the blanket statement of this will happen when you do this. Yeah, That's when I think we get a little bit like, it might, but it might not. Yeah. And and how do we respond with either answer from God? Like, cause I, cause I've known people who will hear you say you've been blessed from faithfulness and they start doing things differently in their life. They're like, okay, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to give 10%. I'm going to give 15% or I'm going to serve at church. And then, uh, they, they, uh, don't end up receiving the blessing quickly immediately or long range and they're like why was i doing this i'm not getting anything from this 
I don't think I, I think that's the the danger of generalizing it and saying this will just happen if you if you do this. Then you got people who keep giving lots and lots of money, and the the wealthy pastors buy another jet, and their lives don't change, and yet they still think it's coming. So yeah, I guess yeah, <laughs> uh, for real though. I, I think what what I won't say harmed me, or got, I guess made it difficult. So uh, growing up, just didn't have much. Again, that was just kind of my upbringing, and that does affect the way you think. Um, even you know dealing with foster care and different things like that, and poverty and. Uh, it just affects the way you look at the world, even in different ways. But, but then I was really heavily impacted in my spiritual walk early on, and I'll just share this one by by Francis Chan, uh, who I still I love Francis Chan. He's a great guy. You know, there's differences in opinion on, on different theological things and stuff. I know there's a lot of stuff going on with him right now. But looking back, you know, he's the kind of guy that's just this is what I saw. Like, okay, to be faithful to the Lord is like I'm just going to blow it all up and I'm going to go to Asia. Right, or I'm going to blow it all up, and I'm going to go to downtown San Francisco. And, and, and I'm not saying he's wrong or right in doing that. That's obviously between him and the Lord. But I just like, so I'm looking around, and I'm going, do, is it time? Is it time for me to blow it all up? You know, that's what I start feeling, uh, kind of what you just said. Not, not to get a reward, but just like a, almost the opposite, you know. And I think I can drift towards that, the poverty theology side, which yeah. I'm not saying Francis Chan <clears throat> promotes that. I know he's talked about that, but, uh, but I can drift towards that like, Man, since, since, since everything's going well, I'm not feeling a cost. Maybe I should manufacture some cost, which is really what I'm saying, and I'm continuing just to confess all of my sins right now on this podcast. But, but maybe, I need to, maybe I need to blow it all up because if, if things are going this well, and, and I'll confess, and this is not news to anyone who would listen, I, I like resigned from our church last year. Uh, this is 2020, right? Yeah, I, I literally like resigned. The elders said, don't quit yet. Go on a sabbatical. Come back and tell us what you think. Um, but I was walking through that, and, and part of it was this thing that I'm still kind of wrestling with of, like, things are healthy at our church. Uh, things are going really well, but I just feel this discontent within me. And, and, and I don't know if it, you know, I, I'm thinking in my head it's from the Lord. But I think the more I've wrestled through it, the more I've gone, I think the discontent is just coming from things going well. And, and how I know it's unhealthy in me, uh, but then I just start thinking, like, how— how that poverty mindset has affected me where I, I look and I go, man, my kids are doing really well. You know, things are thriving in our home. Our marriage is flourishing. We've got a baby on the way. Financially, we're, we're not loaded, but we're doing well. Debts are going away and all this stuff. So I'm like, well, I think it's time. Let's move across the country, sell everything, burn it all down, start over. Um, so uh, just kind of continuing to share. I think that's, that's where I've, where I've wrestled. Like I said, it's just a, uh, like because I've seen these guys, and you, you see the other extreme, which is the Joel Osteen. I'm like, that's, I don't know that I'll ever lean that direction because it doesn't make any sense to me. And I totally, you know, I understand the name it, claim it stuff's nonsense, obviously, and, and, and some of that. I just, um, yeah. Ryan? Uh, well, what I was going to say is, I mean, looking at my life and, and personal ways is, I think this comes back to, this whole topic of money and blessings and everything is, and even faithfulness is obedience, obedience to Christ. And the idea of like, whether you're going to bless me through this or you're going to cause suffering, I'm going to be obedient anyway, because he's good and he knows what's best. So if he knows what's best and I'm just obedient to him, I mean, my life's going to be better whether I think it's good or not because he's just good. Um, I can think of walking through, um, when we sold our house, we, we made an offer on another house and we were moving forward and the buyer on our house backed out. 
and I actually called Travis and uh, was just mad. I was mad. I was like, I thought this is what God wanted. I thought this is the plan. Why is he taking this away from us? And and Travis reminded me, he's like, well, what are you being obedient to? Are you being obedient to him because you're expecting something? Or are you just being obedient because you love him? And it was like, oh, crap. So that really <laughs> that really hit me. And, it, and, and so I went to Jerrica, and, and she was broken, and I was just like, you know what? We're just going to be obedient, and we're just going to see what happens. And within 24 hours, we had another offer, cash offer for our house, and we closed the same day. So it was just like this little like jab at me from God of like, hey, I'm still in control. I want you to obey me because you love me. I don't want you to obey me because you're expecting something. And I feel like when we generalize it, it's kind of that that idea of, hey, I'm I'm flourishing. Look what I look what I'm doing. Maybe if you do the same thing I'm doing, you'll flourish too. And it's like, no, God has a different plan for you than everybody else. And so I think just simply obedience yeah yeah that which um it, it makes me as, as you're saying that it makes me think too like there, there's a there's a side of this where where um if you if you put biblical financial practice into place it leads to wealth right like god's wisdom with finances is not <laughs> You will follow me and you're going to be poor. It leads to uh, a, 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 at least a wealthiness where you can take care of yourself and your family and leave uh, a legacy behind where those coming behind you are going to be able to partake. Like It's like store up in the barns and learn how to do that well. Like everyone, like one of the biggest knocks on, on church or when you, when you talk to somebody who comes in is like, well, I, do we have to tithe? You know, it's like, well, if you understand the principle of what God is putting in place here, if you follow what he says about money, you you will end up being a great manager of it and you won't be tied to it. So you can make it and it won't define you. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's I think, a, a great wisdom piece. And so when I see someone like, when I see the prosperity gospel get get preached, I always think, okay, there's half truth here, right? There's blessing from God because the way of God leads to flourishing, right? Um, uh, who was wealthier than Adam and Eve who had dominion over everything? God put them over it. They didn't need currency for it. They just had the, the authority and power that God gave them and said, I want you to rule over this. I want you to be over everything, right? They had everything provided for them. They had no care in the world. Tomorrow wasn't wasn't a concern. It wasn't a worry. There was nothing to be anxious about, right? And we we throw that away, and then, like, because of our own effort, because of what we did against God, right, we have, we have hardship enter the world, and we have suffering enter the world, and, um, and, and that's the life that many of us now wrestle with. Um, and so I, I, think, I think we just should be clear that following God's principles through his word leads to wealth. And so there's nothing, that's, that's why there's nothing wrong with it because God leads us to that if we'll follow that. Um, it's, and, and that's why, too, he says, make lots of it if you, if you want and manage lots of it if you want, but just make sure that the question is always, what's it doing to my heart and my mind? And do I need more of it in order to be uh, satisfied and content and happy and 
um, grateful in this life, right? Because um, I think like when you look at marketing advertisers today, like they all have this, the message, marketing hasn't changed in 30 years. The message is always this. You don't have something you... Say what? You don't have what you need. You need this. Yeah, yeah. Something's lacking. It's, it's and the same thing. Like every single commercial that you'll ever see is you'll be happier if you have this. Yeah. And and whether it's clothing, the car, um, whatever it is, food, everything is you'll be happier if you have this. And it's that is the greatest lie about stuff because the stuff doesn't make us happier. Um, it doesn't. You know, for for the short term, maybe it provides some relief, but it never truly makes us happier. It never adds anything really to our character, and so I think that's the beauty of following God with our finances and with our life and seeking blessing is that um, ultimately I can gain this, and and it not be about me, right? And I can use it for His kingdom and for my family and all that kind of stuff, and not get lost in it defines me in some way shape or form so i was thinking even uh <clears throat> my mind just went to the prodigal son story of the prodigal son you've got the well gives basically the prodigal son runs off takes his inheritance completely throws it in the garbage right he's unfaithful stewarding what he was given completely blows it comes home with a repentant heart the father welcomes a man uh, that's the easy one to kind of see okay that's simple but then you got the older brother who's been there who's been faithful He's still, like, he's experiencing the fruits of the inheritance, experiencing blessing. He gets angry because of how the father responds to this prodigal son. And we don't know if he went inside, but he says, hey, I've, I've been here all this time. I've been faithful to you, right? And yet you, you, you give this guy grace. And I think, honestly, that's like, that, that's the heart of, I guess, some of the things that I, I wrestle with is it's, it's harder to see from my perspective. It's harder to see, I guess, just being blunt, like from my personal perspective, it's, it's harder to see the fruit of repentance, I guess, like tangibly, physically with my eyes and someone who may be wealthy. Uh, and that's just, again, this horrible thing that I think I have in front of me where I have kind of the, the prodigal son mindset of I'm like, you know, I, I'm being repentant. The older brother's outside. Yeah, he's, he's, got, you know, he's, been, he's been faithful to you. He's been a good steward. But is he really being repentant? And I think the danger on both sides, we've already described it, it's You've got the danger of, like, it's a religious spirit. Hey, I've been doing everything right. You know, I've got, I deserve this versus, like, the poverty mindset of, like, I'm just wasting everything God has given me and I'm not being faithful. And so um, the heart there, I think, is the point, right? It's the heart of recognizing, hey, every good thing that you have is from the Father. You should, like, stay under his authority and under his care and, and be obedient. And so I think that the simple answer is I, I went through a— a Sparrow Project in Oklahoma City. They work with the refugee community in downtown OKC. And I don't remember a time, like I went through a community development training program and it was awesome. And it was dealing with refugee population and people in poverty. And, uh, and, and the first day of the training, a lady named Kim Bandy, she's one of the directors of this organization, said, uh, in walking through this stuff, you can be tempted to make this about poverty versus wealth or any of this. But she said at the end of the day, for a follower of Jesus, the end goal, and Ryan, you already said it, like our chief aim shouldn't be anything other than faithfulness and obedience. That's it. Faithfulness and obedience. In, in what God has called you to do in the life he's called you to live, he may bless you with more financially. Mm-hmm. And, and even there's a principle. Jesus says, hey, he who's faithful with little will be given 
much. So it may be, you know, and I haven't been super faithful with finances until I married my wife, you know. And so even looking back at our lives, God in his wisdom was like, yeah, yeah, yep, you you stay. Yep, this is what you need. You $17,000 on your joint tax return. You guys will get by. You'll you'll be doing well. And, you know, things increase over time, which I look back and that's just awesome. Um, But the goal, the end goal, uh, honestly, it should just be obedience. And I think that's where... I'm literally sitting here on this one, just kind of wrestling in my head of how do I, how do I get out of this? Cause it's just something it's hard for me to break out of. Like I'm hearing all this, but I'm like, but I'm still, am I being faithful? Luke nine, the cost. But I'm like, at the end of the day, I just want to be obedient. And at this point, experiencing more blessing, be obedient. Don't get carried away into becoming all about that. Just uh, be faithful with what he's given me, you know? And, and again, and then put those principles into place. Like we've got debt, you know, that kind of stuff dealing with that. But but, the, but it sounds like the, the thing you're wrestling with is not – there's moments, right, where it's like take up, take up the cross, count the cost, um, you know, lay it all down, right? There's those moments that I think we all have to kind of wrestle with, especially when it just comes to overall following Christ. But it sounds like what, you're, what the, the better spiritual work in your life is uh, to wrestle with, with much – the way that Paul wrestled with it to get to a place where when you have a lot, it doesn't change anything about how you follow Christ, right? Because it's, it seems like Paul said, when I have, I've learned to be content with a lot and with a little. So it's like, it, it, it just seems to me that, 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 that it's a, the better question for you is just, man, how can I arrive at contentment and press against discontentment that I was feeling yeah. How can I actually pursue contentment in the middle of blessing? Yeah, that's. I think that's absolutely it. Because if I can get it when I'm poor, if I can find contentment when I'm poor, I've been through that. Okay, I can check that off the list. Not that, not that it won't challenge you later on in life or whatever. But I've, I, I can check that off. But now I'm learning how to be content with much, and that seems like the more you know, spiritually fruitful endeavor right now is like, you know, how can I wake up and be grateful? How can I maybe give more? How can I um, bless my kids and remind them of God's blessings? Like, look what we're doing. Like God did, God is making this, you know what what I mean? Like learning how to just be like attribute everything that you have and all the joys of your season to God. We're just going to stop this week and just thank God for this. And, um, you know that that kind of thing, and yeah, let me that, let me good. end that with the district church will always take uh, <laughs> outside <laughs> donations from <laughs> individuals, yeah. pastors, or there churches. You go, go. <laughs> I, uh, you know, and I honestly like in, in sharing that, and this is kind of a little bit of a sidebar, but like I just be honest, I've never had any close relationships with any mentors, specifically male mentors in my life, who have modeled that. Mm. I've like I love my dad is an amazing man of God. We didn't ever have much. He managed it well. He was wise with money as far as what I saw. You know, he may argue yeah. with me if he hears this later, but uh, but like I've seen people, even even pastors that I've had in my life personally, have been guys who typically and I don't know how to say this well, but like lean towards the lean towards the poverty side of like, uh, well, you know, I'm just sacrificing it all for the the cost of following Jesus, and you're looking and going, well, yeah, I get that, but you got a lot of debt and like at the end of the day, are you being wise? You know? And so that's what I've seen modeled. Um, I need a mentor who like, I honestly, I, I've never, I've never been around anyone who I've seen model. Well, what it means like closely, I've seen it from a distance, what it means to walk through that and how to be content with much. Like I just haven't. 
it's, I think that's why it's easier for me to understand. I'm like, yeah, I get it. When you're poor, you have to depend on God, right? You, you, you got it. All right, Lord, this is yours. And then when you're, you're rich, more, more wealthy yeah. on the other end of yeah. the spectrum, when you have yeah. more, when you're rich, sorry. When, you, <laughs> when you're experiencing more blessing and, and abundance, I'm like, I don't know how to experience that contentment. Because what starts to happen in me is I go, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of if I'll look at people's lives and I'll, even some bad examples of people who have started to trust in their wealth and who have been, honestly, you can look and see, man, the fruit of their life that's starting to drift into they're building their own little kingdom here on earth and it doesn't seem like they're following the Lord. And that's my fear. And so what I want to do is I want to blow it up. I, you know, I want to, well, before we get there, because I've never seen it, I, I don't know how to, how to do that well. And so, yeah, that's a side note. Yeah, I need a, I need a wealthy godly mentor so if you're listening and that's you my phone number is just kidding message me on facebook hmm. no that's that's uh that's good i think that that's the that's the goal and that that, that always it takes me back to that proverbs passage too where the the pendulum literally in that passage is when you have a lot it's easy for you to forget god when you have very little it's easy for you to hate god um and and so making sure that man when i wake up if i've got little compared to the you know what the world would say then how can i be thankful for god and and not attribute my my lack of anything with god doing this i think it's even dangerous to say well god's doing this to me because i i, I don't think that can be conclusively like say that's the truth right like god's doing this to me um, I, I struggle with even that kind of language more just God I'm grateful for you and your presence here and I know what you've called me to do whether I have a lot or a little you know um, and and then verse on, on the other side making sure that man in the middle of the blessing I'm not forgetting the source of it all and that I didn't bring any of this into the world and I'm not taking any of it with me but it's great to enjoy and thank you God for letting me enjoy it in that in that season um, and I'm not scared to enjoy it, and I don't feel guilt enjoying it. Um, and I'm being responsible with it, you know. Like, um, I, yeah, I think there's tons of passages about that in Proverbs too. Like, in those good seasons, enjoy it and store up for the rainy seasons. Like, there's just, again, that's those principles where God sets in front of us, here's how to manage so I'll, I'll take the check back for district church then because I got to store up. No, 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 no. God, <laughs> God told you to write that. God. God. <laughs> we did talk about prophecy last week. He spoke prophetically through you. I have a word for you, Randy. <laughs> I, it's hazy, but I think that's what he said. <laughs> I saw you standing in a field. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. No, that's good. I, uh, I appreciate it, guys. I, uh, we've, we've, covered some more kind of heavy topics the last few weeks and we were just discussing this last mm -hmm. week and I was just like man this is something I'm just personally yeah. wrestling with and yeah. it's a it may seem like a, a lighter topic but for me it's just been uh, it's been difficult uh, something that I'm uh, even staff guy who has come on at our church uh, very different background than me very very different just the way that he looks at the world and, and and different things with finances and just being wise and stewardship and and I've started to just see in myself man I, I've got like I've got some some issues in the way that I view how to walk through blessing and how to how to be content and what does that look like and being wise and so yeah I appreciate you guys. Well, I appreciate you opening up about that. That's is yeah I think, cool. I think I think that's a pretty heavy one for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think it yeah internally more, wrestling because more think than about, they talk about yeah I th sometimes you see 
you, you, you don't want to be prejudiced against people, but you, depending on where you grew up, if you grew up with a little, then you look at wealthy people and you're like, what are they driving? Why aren't they, you know, they're probably not giving enough. You know, BMW, they should have a Pinto. Yeah, because there, there there's really that pendulum mm-hmm. uh, in, in society. And then you see somebody who you, you hear it over and over. And this, this it goes in the political arena, right, where you've got somebody who uh, cars always breaking down. But it, you just cast, you cast different prejudices and judgments on people without fully just being focused in on what God's called you to do, how he's called you to manage it. And, not to manage anybody else's, just your own stuff. So yeah. I think I think it's a it's a heavy one. It personally, yeah. Uh, yeah. especially. Yeah. So cool. Well, that's it. 